Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. I am your host, Brian Dussault. Today's guest is Stephen Thomas King. Stephen sold his house and everything inside of it, then bought an RV to travel around the United States, specifically to write his book called The Seven Dares. By focusing on the seven dares, you can start living life instead of just existing. Stephen Thomas King, welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. Brian, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so you have a method called the seven dares. Yes, I've dedicated last year, year and a half of my life to writing on this topic, what I call the seven dares. The easiest way to understand it is that it is my life philosophy, a collection of bold ideas that I endeavor to live actively in my life. I think everyone lives out of ideas, beliefs, concepts, paradigms, the way we see the world. And so I've taken no small effort. I've been very diligent in studying and reading and collecting what I considered the best ideas and developing and creating some of them, but mostly collecting them. And then I'm going to put them into seven short books, one on each of the most important topics, so seven big ideas, and then under them a bunch of smaller ideas that I'm endeavoring to live out in my life. So that is the big picture. It's, it's a life philosophy. Uh, it's, it's, to me, it's turnkey, a way to believe, a way to see the world, a congruent belief system that someone could just act out and uh, live their life from. That's what I'm up to. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Just trying to figure out the world and how it works and how we fit in it. Yeah, psychology. A lot of it is psychology, understanding myself Love it. and what makes me tick and then relating to other humans, what makes them tick. And uh, that, I think that's probably one of the biggest components, just understanding, understanding what it means to be human. You know, it's kind of funny, like once you start finding that within yourself, then you go around looking for it and everywhere else you go and other people, it's like... You don't do that when you have not seen that within yourself. So beforehand, see, it just opens up your eyes and your perspective is different. Hmm. That's very interesting. It was a long time ago. I went to a workshop and the, uh, the guy orchestrating the workshop, he was doing these different exercises for us to better understand ourselves. And so one of the exercises, everyone in a small circle, there are four or five of us, we were giving feedback to one another. And so we would say whatever we saw in this other, this other human. And it was, there was kind of with strangers. So it was really awkward, honestly, but <laughs> we did it for a while. And uh, we were, I think we were writing down on note cards, our feedback for different people. And then he had us recollect all of the note cards that we had given out to other people. So all of the feedback we had given, he had us re reread everything that we had seen in others. And it was kind of interesting because there were parallels, like I was seeing in other people, kind of similar things. And his point was, you can't see anything in another person that's not in yourself. Exactly. And so the gift of this exercise is that it was a mirror, as you were saying to someone, oh, I see that you're timid, or I see that you have more to say than you actually will say, or uh, I see that you're overwhelmed and anxious in this moment. 
that all that feedback that I was seeing and giving out to other people is actually something going on inside of me. And that's the only way we can perceive the world is through our own eyes and through our own experience. So as I'm reading these note cards, I realize, oh, I'm kind of timid. Oh, I'm not saying all that I'm supposed to say. Oh, I'm feeling anxious. And so whenever I feel judgment, I re- recognize it has to be, you know, you know that, that feeling like you meet someone, you, you just, just want to judge them for, for whatever reason. Like, oh, I would never. Well, the only way that that means something to you is that you have almost, even if you would never do it, you would almost do it and you would judge yourself. And so it's like the perfect mirror. Whatever I see in you, I must have in myself somewhere. Or I couldn't see it. I couldn't totally, perceive it. Totally so I like agree. what you're on to there. Right. I totally agree. We just, yeah. the world is a projection. But that's awesome. That's I, interesting I, to say I, that way. The world is a projection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I see that every day. Like, I'll see someone that's upset or, like, someone that's anxious. And it's like... I can feel it inside me. It's like those emotions and everything are super contagious. And it's like once we have that compassion mm-hmm. and can understand, we can go we can go, okay, they're anxious. Let's take a breath. Let's let's calm our mind, our you know, our hearts, our breathing is nice and slow and everything. And then all of a sudden, like that's also contagious and you start to see them calm down. Because if that makes you anxious, it makes them more mm-hmm. anxious. Everyone's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So these seven dares, uh, we we don't have to go over the entire seven because I know you're writing seven books. I mean, if you would like to, we can. But yeah, if we can just you know cover. Well, a maybe give people a, a a brief synopsis. Maybe we'll get just just do like a quick synopsis of the seven, so people kind of know what they are, and then whatever they're most interested in, they can go dig into on their own. Sounds good. But at least they'll kind of have a have their bearings. Uh, the first one is dare to align. And that's just the idea that you have a place in the world. The way you're wired, the way you're designed, there's a place that you're going to feel significant. Uh, you're going to be an important player in an important story that really matters for real. And it is your duty to find that place in life. It's your duty to understand yourself and uh, understand the opportunities that have been presented to you up to this point so that you get into alignment where you're continually growing and becoming more and more and uh, that your story is interesting, that you're a person of great interest and that your story matters, that you're actually influencing and impacting others in a meaningful way. So the first one is dare to align. Kind of the way I think of these, all seven of them, is at any moment I can press pause on life. I can just stop what I'm doing and I can become aware of myself and who I am, what I am in that moment. And I can shift my focus. And so at any time I can shift my focus, say to alignment and I can ask myself, am I in alignment? Am I actually doing what I want to do with my day to day? And if I'm not, why not? And how quickly can I get back into alignment? So every single day I want to ask myself questions around alignment. I want to be challenged. Am I doing my best? I mean, am I in the right place? I really want I really want to know that I know that I know that I'm actually living the be- the best life that I can imagine for myself. And that I'm not putting it off or living in what I would call a delusional or a fantasy parallel life. 
where I'm pretending like I'm about ready to do something. I'm pretending like I'm about to become something, but I never actually do anything. So I want to make sure that in reality, when I press pause and I look at my life, that I'm actually in alignment doing what I, what I know to do. So that's the first one, dare to align. Wow. Any thoughts on that? I just want people who are listening right now to take the opportunity to pause at this moment and ask themselves, are they in an alignment? I think that's a great opportunity. Yeah. And I've, I work at a factory, so you can imagine uh, how monotonous that life could be. It doesn't have to be that way, Mm. but let's say I'm there just for a 10 hour day. And this is what I did. Something, how you're saying, take a pause and ask yourself. So I would practice Anytime a thought would come in my head and it's negative, I stop that thought and ask myself, is this serving my purpose? So I'm training my thoughts, mm. my brain. I'm, I'm rebuilding habits of the way I'm thinking. So like, if I used to think poorly of myself, every time I'd have a thought, I would cancel that thought and just be paused be Hmm. be in the moment in presence and then all of a sudden i'm practicing presence and then i'm in content and i see the world as it is and i see wow the world is blossoming you know so like now Hmm. i'm thinking differently so taking that pause and and asking yourself if you're in alignment is super important more important than it it's so important there should be a book written about it (laughs) Well, thank you for saying that. Turns <laughs> out it's coming soon <laughs> to a bookstore near you. Uh, now, remind me, I, we're just getting to know each other, but we did have a short pre-conversation and you were talking a little bit about the trajectory of your life mm-hmm. and how you were headed in, in no, no uncertain terms. And forgive me if I'm out of turn here telling your story, but that you were headed towards at, at very least a wasted life, if not a destructive life. And at some point, something paused you and interrupted that trajectory and you found the, the will, the power within to shift your life into a new direction. What was it that interrupted you? Well, when something, if you, you have to stop or else you, and take a pause. And if you don't, you will never notice it. And that's how do you mm-hmm. do, how do you do that? Well, usually not all the time, depending on who your parents are and like how they could teach you these lessons if they learned it themselves, but most likely they have not learned it themselves. And the, you know, it keeps going down the family line. But if you have a traumatic event, usually that slaps you sideways and you go, mm-hmm. Oh, um, what just happened in my life? And there's two things you can do. You can ignore it and keep going with your life and keep, going down and down and down, or you can choose to make a difference and go a different route that you have, haven't been doing this whole entire time. If you're, if you want that, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Did you, was there, sorry, is there, is there, was there a traumatic, like a life defining, like wake up call for you? Yes. And it's something that a lot of people can relate to because it's life. Uh, My kids, mom and I, we split Mm -hmm. up got kind of nasty, you know, kids are involved Mm. and, um, 
it made me look at my life like, okay, you have a choice, Brian. How do you want your future to be? Like you're asking yourself, you have kids involved. So every decision you make impacts their lives. And are you going to, are you going to put your money where your mouth is and actually live by example? Are you going to keep talking? So I I think we Mm -hmm. learn by example, especially kids. So we need to live our best lives and they will see that and they'll, might rub off on them. So I chose a yeah. I chose to look within for two years to really live in mm. like meditation and writing and find out what's ticking inside my own body. Mm. That's so powerful. The couple of things you said there. One you said for two years. So it's not an overnight. You don't make mm. a decision on this thing and then the next day you wake up a different person there's a lot of data a lot of inputs that have gone into your head over a lot of years and so you're going to have to have some new inputs in your life and so i think that a lot of alignment is just having the right influences the right people around you the right information reading the right books etc etc yeah and so it sounds like over two years of shifting your inputs and what you're paying attention to you've really been able to recreate yourself in a sense exactly redesign totally you can like we're all they Mm -hmm. you know you hear that we're hardwired and everything and we are but you can unwind that and hardwire your life the way you want it to be hardwired it's not easy yeah for sure Mm -hmm. it takes work a lot of people don't want to work um yeah Today I'm talking to you from my RV. Uh, some people know that I bought an RV. I sold all my stuff. It's part of my story. I sold all my stuff. I bought an RV and I'm traveling while I, while I do my writing. And on the mirror, the bathroom of the RV, it just says, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> and so every day, every day that I notice that I see it, big bold letters, you will die. And I think that that's part of this, this thing. We're, ca- we're talking about alignment. Part of that is recognizing that we don't have forever. The beautiful thing about being a human is that we have this compressed short amount of time, relatively short. If we get five, six, seven decades, we're fortunate. And so we have these few decades and then where are we going to invest them and what returns are we going to expect back from our investment? And so to me, that's what alignment is about. Looking at life through the lens of death, not to be morbid, but to be clear about what we are that we are not e- eternal in this life. Now, there's maybe another life, and different pe- people have different religious beliefs about that. But for sure, in this life, we got this shot to make the most of. And that's, uh, that's what alignment is. So dare to align. That's um, the next nice. one is dare to create. Dare to create. Uh, I'm big on this one because I believe every human being has creative capacity. And so to feel fully alive, you have to be consciously creating something and testing your creative powers. And I get pushback from a lot of people when they say, oh, I'm not one of those. What they mean is they they don't perceive themselves to be creative because they think of creative people as musicians like you and I, we both play music or maybe painters or, you know, fill in the blank. 
a, a young prodigy child to think, oh, that guy gets super creative. I'm not that. Interrupt. You are creative in some area, even if you're just creating a great relationship. If you do that with, with a sense of conscience and a real purpose, your relationship could be part of your creative legacy. And imagine if you got good at creating relationships and you created a hundred great relationships. Well, then you would have created a great, great life and legacy. Or maybe you're creating a business. You got a side hustle and you're going to devote your energy to it. And after a year or two years, you're going to be appointed at that business. You're going to be able to say, I made that. If I didn't exist, that wouldn't exist. That's my brainchild. I birthed that thing onto this planet. And it's part of what I leave behind me in my wake, so to speak. And so I believe everyone has the capacity to create and that everyone should spend a certain percentage of their, their day every day in a creative space, working on something that they care about, something that they can affect. And so dare to create. And the big question would be, what is my, my creative legacy? Uh, Steve Jobs used to say, what ding will I put in the universe with my life? That's Thoughts huge. That? That, that's huge, man. It's, yeah. I live, live by that, always have, even without knowing it. And mm -hmm. if you're not creating, you're not letting what's on the inside on the outside. That's why it's super important. Yeah. So if you're, felt, if you're filled with sorrow and pain on the inside, it's trapped. But if you create, you're letting mm -hmm. it out. That's why it's super important. Hmm. Because if you hold it in, that's what you are. Mm, that's very interesting. So you see creativity is almost therapeutic. Oh, yes. Very much A so. way to process life. I can see that. Yeah. Hmm, I it, like that. Like you said, it doesn't have to be an art. You could be a computer programmer and you're, you're creating algorithms or you're creating... Any, some kind of code or software or something like that. And that is highly creative. It's just not like in a museum mm -hmm. or anything, you know, but there's, all, yeah. you, know, you could be an engineer, you could be a woodworker and there's so much. Mm. A blogger. Um, uh, in a, I wrote a book a long time. Yeah. I wrote a book a long time ago called the creativity code. And one of the points in that book was that to be brilliant isn't necessarily to be a prodigy like we we're talking about, but uh, it's just to find simple solutions to real problems. That if you find a simple solution to create a better coffee mug, in some sense, you're a creative genius. Oh yeah. To the degree that that, that helps other people. And so I, with my creativity, I'm looking for simple solutions to real problems that other people can relate to that other people can enjoy so that as I invest myself in creating these solutions, I'm solving a real problem. And so to me, that's kind of the test of creative output is who does it help? How does it serve? And uh, that's one of the dares dare to serve. That's the last one we'll get to, but I kind of temper my creative uh, endeavors with that thinking to say, how will this serve? How will this, how will this help other people? So, right. I think we're on to something here. Yeah, definitely. Good. Uh, well, hey, by the way, thank, thank you again. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, no, you can go ahead. It's, 
What were you going to say? I was, I was just going to say thank you again for having me on the podcast. Uh, this actually helps me as much as it helps anyone else because saying these ideas out loud as I've been writing, sometimes you just feel them there or you hear something different as you say it out loud. So thank you for this opportunity to, to refine my thinking. Oh, my thank pleasure. You. I like to think that we're like evolving right at this moment. My, my philosophy, my perspectives evolve every single episode and every person I meet. Even if I'm just saying something, I say something, I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And then I hear it from you, it bounces mm -hmm. back and forth. I'm like, it just changes the, it, it evolves the way I think. It's crazy. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I really do. Ideas are so powerful and we live out of ideas and we either do it unconsciously because advertisers, advertisers have filled our brain with their ideas that give us that sense of appetite like we really need what they what they're selling mm -hmm. and so someone's going to fill fill our brain with ideas why not us why not be very deliberate very aware of what's going in and what we're meditating on so yeah so dare to create that's the second one dare to connect is the third and it's just the idea that everyone's designed for connection and relationship and so the more connected to you i feel during this podcast even though we've just met, the more alive and more human I feel, the, the better quality of human experience I have, just being able to open up and connect to another human being. And so, yes, it's connecting with new people and strangers, but then it's also the, the disciplines that make daily relationships work. Just for me, I, ha I have to work on relationships. I have to focus on them. If I want them to flourish, I have to really be intentional not because I'm a bad person, but because I, I tend to be a distracted person. And so I'm always on to the next thing and the next thing. And so I have to be really deliberate to pick up the phone with, if it's my family, to call back my good friends, to take 20 minutes and say, I'm going to focus on nothing but this human being and understanding their experience. Last time I checked into the episode of their life movie to this one and how they're growing and becoming. and. So the collection of ideas under Dare to Connect are all about pretty practical strategies for how do you actually do that? How do you sit down with someone and listen just to listen? How do you uh, sit with someone and empathize and feel what they're feeling? And then in this modern world, how do you expand that out and use digital or social, whatever you want to call it, to uh, connect with a broader audience? So all of that to me is under connection. You're designed to be connected. I, I met a, a young lady the other night and we were talking about this and she said, I'm feeling a little crazy in life. And uh, I said, tell me more. She, said, she was just telling me a little bit about her life and her life was a little crazy. And we, we started to develop this idea that there's a continuum because if you put someone in solitary confinement, they will go crazy. Oh yeah. And if someone is in, in a loving, connected environment, they're going to feel healthy and alive. And so, I just asked her, I said, how alone do you feel? And she said, oh, very alone. And I began to wonder if the amount of crazy one feels is also directly related to how alone one feels in their life. And in talking to her, that really rang true. Like for her, that was absolutely true. And she could remember back the time when she had good friends and she was doing great. And so when I meet someone that's going through a lot of anxiety, a lot of turmoil, a lot of inner 
stuff. Maybe my first question is, who are you doing life with? Who are you connected to? Who cares about you and who do you care about? In Western culture, we think very individualistically. I have my Instagram account. You have your Instagram account. We don't have a shared Instagram account. So we think I'm this little island and you're an island and the next island. But that is an illusion because a piece of my life is this connection I'm having with you. It just so happens that that's one of the best pieces of life is these connections. And so Dare to Connect is all about that, all about focusing on how we can intertwine our lives in meaningful ways to create a tapestry of meaning that involves other people, keep us out of solitary confinement, and keep us from going batshit crazy. <laughs> so Dare to Connect. There's I, I get... Um... I like uh, watching some of them documentaries on uh, like death row stuff like that and hear what they have to say. Mm -hmm. They're, they're in a life of solitude and ironically, a lot of them guys have come to terms with life and are actually positive. It's not all, Mm -hmm. but um, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but there's a guy on there that he has shelves of books and he's saying it's your perspective. He's a guy serving his whole life in prison, but he changed his, his perspective to know who he is and his place in this world. And not that he's in prison because that's in your mind. He's not in the prison of his own mind, but there could be the total opposite. Mm. You could be, a famous artist on stage and have crowds and everyone love you, but you could be lonely because you're in a prison in your own mind. Yeah. You're lonely in your own mind. That's why mm-hmm. loneliness is, is not good. So connection mm. is, is huge. Yes. Connect. I, every episode I have, I, that's like Kodak moments of, I, distinctively remember meeting that person and I make sure to check in with everyone I've met it's huge because they've made an impact in my life so that Kodak Mm. moment what is your Kodak moments in life so I think that's something that company had uh, that was a good idea for advertisement the Kodak moment so yeah what's your Kodak moment in life yeah so also connecting mm-hmm. with yourself is huge though. Don't forget that. And I like to go in nature. Yeah. That's what I like to do. And mm-hmm. just kind of like absorb that and like just be. I think there's definitely something to that last point you bring up, connecting to yourself. That you can only be in a relationship as as deep as you are in a relationship with yourself. And so as much as we all have blind spots, things that we don't know about ourselves, things that we feel, we don't really know why we feel them because we've never dug in to explore ourselves. And we can't really open up to anyone else any deeper than we've opened up to ourselves. So I think you're really on that that the foundation of good, healthy relationships is internal first. Right, that vulnerability. And then it it goes out. Because if you're not taking off your mask. And I think part of the process of... Yeah. 
part of the process of getting to know ourselves is work being with other people and someone that really knows you well might point something out or yeah, maybe you just feel like you could open up in a moment to them uh, because you have that safe space. So dare to connect is yeah. About being healthy for you yourself with yourself but i think that requires that absolutely requires that you're doing life with people you care about people who care about you yeah that's in this modern age you think back like most of our ancestors grew up in a small tribe maybe 200 people that was the family clan and from time to time they would trade with other tribes but most of your life would be that small group of people everyone knew your name everyone knew who you were and what you were about and I don't know how many people have 200 people in their life that care about them. Right. I think that'd be a stretch. Yeah. We might have 10,000 people that liked our picture, yeah. but if we actually needed support or care, right. They're not, they're not real. Yeah. If you broke down on in the a, side in a friend of the road, way, they're not real friends. Yeah. I like to think, if yeah. You break down you on the call? side of the road. Whoever would actually come at 3am in the morning. Those are people you should probably keep yeah. around. Yeah, break down the side of the road or just go to the, you're in jail. You need to get bailed out. <laughs> yep. Been a, there's been a misunderstanding. You didn't do anything, obviously, but you got to get bailed out. <laughs> Who's going to come show up? Right. Okay, so Dare to Connect, that's the third one. Um, I'm glad that we're connecting, so thank you again. Thank you. The uh, fourth one is Dare to Dominate. Dare mm. to Dominate. And... Uh, this is the idea that I control a piece of the planet. Like right now I'm in my RV. I, I travel with several guitars. I travel with some of my favorite cameras. A lot of people know I do a, a film production work. And so I have my nice cameras with me. And I have these, these possessions that are mine. This is m my space. And so as much as it's in my power to control this space, I want to do it well. I want to take that task seriously. Uh, I, I think we talked about Jordan Peterson. I believe you, you mentioned that you watched some of his videos and read, read his work. I do, yes. Yeah. One of the brilliant things he said is just make your bed. Oh, that right. seems so simple. Just make your bed. Mm -hmm. But it's actually difficult to take a small piece of the planet and order it in a way that it looks beautiful, that it feels good, that you want to go back to. And so... I want my world to be my world. I want it to be set up for me. I want the systems that I put in place to serve me, to support me in my weakness, to complement, to supplement me in my strength. I want my world to be my world. And then the, the guiding principle in Dare to Dominate is this. Everything I control should be moving towards growth and order. If it's mine, if it falls under my domain, I want to set it up. Say, say I get some resources, a big chunk of money. I want to set that money up so that it's moving towards growth and order. Because ultimately, left to itself, everything tends towards chaos and destruction. And so my role as the owner of this, this space or the king of this kingdom is to make sure my realm it's set up to move towards growth and order so that my life is ever expanding and ever becoming. And so the first step is just to take an inventory and say, well, what do I have that's of value? 
some people look at their, their bank statement and go, oh, now it's actually negative. I, hmm. I don't have, well, even if you have a loan on your car and your house, now you control those assets. Your, your car, your house, are they set up the best way they possibly can? Uh, you have some relationships, credible value and connections and, and reputation. You have some ideas. And so those ideas are your ideas. Are you setting up your ideas so that they're actually growing, so they're actually becoming? And so when I think dare to dominate, I don't want life to run over me. I want to be a force in the world so that when I look at my RV, I have affected it. This space is not affecting me. I have put my print on it. This is my realm. And it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to be in charge of something. Mm. Be like, that's mine. You see it even in your kids. I'm sure your little kids, like when they get something and they believe it to be theirs, Yes. boy, do they fight for it. Mm-hmm. And you try to take it away. They say, mine, 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 mine. I want to fight for what's mine because it's been gifted to me. And I take that serious that I've been entrusted with some, some valuable resources, talents, connections, ideas. That's mine. And that should mean something. When something comes into your realm and under your control, people around you should go, oh, Brian's got this. Oh, Brian just took that over. And then they should have a sense of, oh, shit, he's going to take care of it. Good, good. Brian's got it. So I want people to look at me and say, oh, Steven's got it. It's going to be good. He's got it. It's it's in his, his realm, his domain. Probably the worst feeling I've ever felt is when I've agreed to do something and then haven't followed through with it. And I know it's on me that I've let someone else down. It was in, it was in my realm and it died. I let the project die. And that's happened several times in my life. And I hate that <laughs> feeling. And so I want my world to be structured and ordered in such a way that everything's moving towards growth. And I, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that just lets value die. Right. I want to be the guy that takes value, grows it and gives it back. How does that relate to you and where you're at right now? Dominate, dominating, dominate. That is a huge word in my life. Um, actually, yeah. fairly recent, I would say, within the last couple of years. I'm 31 years old, and for the longest time, I did not dominate my life. I did not live a life of of abundance, like an abundance mindset or a a alpha mindset or anything like that. I was like a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Pleasing others, uh, not having a spine like that. So that that is a huge thing in my life. And that was a thing I had to practice. That was a realm I had to practice. And I like what you said about being the king of your kingdom. Kings are in charge of a kingdom it's huge they don't have time to worry about little things in their life they have to make the big decisions Mm -hmm. what is better for the people Mm -hmm. their kingdoms their own life and their own legacy so that's why if someone says something about you it should not bother you because that's insignificant to your purpose in life you have no time to worry about that so why are you worrying about that yeah. So small things like that, what people say mm-hmm. about you, how people view you, it shouldn't matter. What matters is 
how do you walk into a room? Do you walk into a room like a king? You know, do you、mm-hmm. look at the whole room and everyone in the room and like you're very with confidence? Do you own the room? Yeah. Or are you trying to blend in with the crowd? So are you among the people、mm-hmm. as a commoner or are you going to walk in like a king? So I think this is important is, is how you see yourself. So that's、mm-hmm. why I think dominant is huge. If you're not dominant, then you are someone that is working for someone else, really. You're not, work, you're not living your own life,、yeah. you're living someone else's life. A couple, of, a couple of ideas come to me, even as we're talking about this. Obviously, we're not talking about just dudes being kings. This applies to ladies as well. Yes.、And、some of the most powerful humans that I, that I get to work with are women. And sometimes they instinctively get this better than men do. I don't know why, but they just have a nurturing sense to them that they, they're just better at organizing and, and keeping their world ordered. So that's one thought. And then the other thought is. I don't believe any human is to control another human. Yes.、Uh, of we're not talking about expanding the kingdom of people that bow down to you. We're talking about the resources.、Uh, we're talking about things that are actually yours. And so your approach to humans is how do I connect with you? Your approach to things, resources, ideas, how do I dominate you to put you in order? Uh, and there's a very, very important distinction、uh, because we never want to look to another human and say, I'm going to control.、Uh, ultimately, they have to have their own sense. Even if somebody's working under me, they have to take the initiative to want to play whatever role they're playing. And I can't, ultimately, I can't overrule them. I can just build a kingdom that could include their life in it, maybe. But ultimately, they're going to have to own their own domain. And so, having very honest, responsible conversations from the get go and connecting with people to say, okay, this is my kingdom. This is the way I want things done around me. Tell me about yourself. How do you like your world? How do you like to be communicated with?、Uh, how can I support you? So, it goes both ways. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think my,、right. the king is an influencer of the people, not a controller so much. Yeah. But I really like the word commoner. I never used that word. I might steal that and put it in the book. <laughs> Are you going to be a king or a commoner?、Mm. Uh, when you walk into the room, what sense do you have about you? Are you someone that can handle business and get things done?、Mm-hmm. Love it. So dare to dominate.、Uh, the next one is dare to discover. And this is a principle you've put in action this last two years learning、yes. to discover. Any moment I press pause and I look around, there's something that I don't understand. There's some question, there's some person that I could interview or extract information, wisdom, knowledge from. And so, a good use of any moment is what can I learn right now? No matter how simple the moment is, you're just making some breakfast for your kids, or how profound the moment is, you've just gone through some terrible. Life experience, and you, you're going to extract the value, which is the learning out of that. So, any moment I press pause and I say, What can I learn? That's a moment well used. So, Dare to Discover. This book is going to be a set of ideas around how to learn, 
how to discover, who to trust, how to evaluate information, uh, how to read a book, how to speed read. Just very practical, simple things that I've used to, to focus my life on discovery. So I'm actually proud of you. I think that a big part of your success now is is this body of learning that you, you've taken. It's almost like anytime you learn something, you get to take that with you into the future. And so now I'm me plus this little bit of wisdom. And so if I get a little bit of wisdom today and a little bit of wisdom tomorrow and a little bit of wisdom the next day, five years from now, I'm me plus five years of wisdom. And so I, I'm taking value from every moment, every time I learn something, I, I get to pack that value with me into the future so that when you meet future me, it's me plus this tremendous asset that I have, that I understand how the world works. And very practically, I can get shit done because I know what buttons to push, what levers to pull. I know how to present myself. Like there's so much that I learn and I get to take that with me and I think ultimately that's a big part of what makes one valuable is the learning that you pick up all along the way. Your thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I came from a, a musician background, was in bands when I was a kid, rock bands, play on stage and stuff. And what I've learned from then is, well, I think, I mean, I'm going to have to learn how to play drums if I want a drummer on the track and then get a drummer, you know, learn all these different roles. And then I applied that more in my life um, with now I know how to podcast. I had to go into video editing. I was scared. I'm like, I know nothing about video. I'm an audio guy. So I had to get into that and then yeah. learn how to, how to be, get the message across, but also be marketable and, like, because people have small attention spans, like 30 seconds, if that, 10 seconds now, because we have Instagram stories mm. and Facebook stories. So now we live in a 10-second fast food entertainment realm. So it's like, how can you get, mm -hmm. the, get the message across in 10 seconds? And then, or just a thumbnail, you know, just little things like that. And it's like, I, I'm controlling every single role in my creativity that way, when I do hire someone to do it, I kind of know, you know, at least a little bit of it. So I'm that much smarter yeah. down the road. And then I find out the more I learn how little I actually know. It, it's crazy. Because like, it's like mm. you read a book and you're like, oh, wow. And then say you read one of your books from the seven days. It's like, oh, wow. And you find out there's six more. It's like. Well, it looks like I have some learning to do. <laughs> and then it just it keeps yeah. going. Every year, I want to learn more and more and more. I think that's super important. I love that. A couple things you said. One, that you were saying that if you learn just a little piece of, of all of the all the different components, when you hire someone, you can be able to relate to who they are and what they're doing. I think that's a big advantage to learning. If I know a little bit about their field, their career, at least I have a, a concept, like a working concept of what it is they do and I can connect to them, relate to them. And if we're working together, I can communicate so much clearer. Like if I, years ago I had a music studio and I did some production and, you know, just being able to play each instrument, not great, but pretty good. When I had to tell a drummer, okay, here's what we're looking for at this break 
at least I could communicate specifically. I could even pick up the drum sticks and say, okay, then it's going to da 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 da, and then work with that. And so I think being a learner allows you connection. So it really ties in with connection. Then the other thing is, this comes to me that it requires great humility to be the student of the moment. If every moment has a teacher and every moment has a student, to be the one that's going to learn mm-hmm. from, say, say another human being. Uh, you just ask an open and question, people start talking, and then you steer that conversation until you're learning something. And that takes humility because we like to feel like we're adults. We already grew up. We already graduated. We're supposed to be ready for life. It's kind of the feeling like when you walk across that stage, you're supposed to be done, <laughs> like right. cooked, like your project is ready to roll out. But it turns out that we don't know right. so many things. Yeah. Yeah, and that- so it takes tremendous humility to almost bend our knee t- to life and be like, okay, I don't get it. I'm going to be the student of life. Even if I look a little foolish, I'm going to risk that. And over time, people will realize, oh, he's not a fool. He's very, very wise because he consistently takes the role of student in the moment. Yeah, that's one reason why I like to take notes all the time. Like if I am watching something Mm -hmm. or uh, talking with someone and I'll jot down my phone or whatever. And that way I can go back to it and discover like why that really meant something to me and deep down like kind of like work on that uh one example is i just Mm -hmm. i just uh, realized this the other week i was actually watching jim carrey's commencement speech at i forgot what university okay it's really good and he was talking about something about faith it made me look inside and i had an epiphany that's a weakness of Mm -hmm. mine right now is that I don't have faith in myself. That was a moment of Mm. humility that I had. And that is something I have to work on now. Yes, I believe that I am a driven person, creative, hard worker, but what is faith? That is something I Mm -hmm. I need to find out. Not a religious based faith, but as in a, mm-hmm. like more like a leap of faith, not blind faith, but like that, that's what I'm working on now. So that's my very moment of discovery. Yeah. There's a, a gentleman named Nabal, N-A-B-A-L. Mm-hmm. If people follow him on Twitter. He puts all his best ideas on Twitter. I heard him say something and I, I might not get the quote precise, but something to the effect of self-confidence comes from the relationship or the reputation that you hold with yourself Mm -hmm. and that you know how you've shown up all the different times and places in life. And so you can't really trick yourself into believing in yourself any more than the reputation that you hold with yourself deserves. Hmm. So So I think his point was, I think the I think his point was to focus on on following through, mm. and developing small steps, confidence in yourself. So you develop the reputation, and then over time that that compounds, and then you feel like, yeah, I could do it. I could take this because you know because I've I beat that. 
Mm-hmm. I won this battle. I've, I've won some small wars. And then you, you develop that sense of confidence. But you can't really trick yourself into being more confident than you should be. That's way so down true. deep. I mean, we can put on the facade, but way down deep, we know our yeah. reputation with ourselves. It's so true because, like, I was in sports in high school, and I, I was in track and wrestling, and I also fought a little bit after uh, high school just for kind of like jujitsu, and uh, every nice. single, no matter how much you win, you're nervous every single time you step up to the plate or you're mm. getting set up for the race. You're nervous. You could be the best athlete out there, and you're still nervous you put all the work in and you're still nervous so like i guess maybe that's what i was feeling and that's probably a good thing Mm. because if you don't feel that and you're overconfident and cocky like because cocky is not confidence that's fooling yourself Mm -hmm. so maybe that's what i was feeling perhaps I don't, it's something I do. It's something interesting. I do have to discover, though. Love it. Yeah. So, dare to discover any moment. You pause it. You look for the lesson. You look for what you can learn. You look for the wisdom in those around you. You look to extract information from your environment. Like when I walk into a business, I want to understand how they make money. <laughs> and for me, business is second nature. I've always been curious about how people are making money. But after you walk into hundreds or thousands of businesses and you do the equation, you figure out, okay, are they profitable? How many tables are they turning over per hour at this restaurant times $74 average per table? You know, you just do the math in your head and you figure it out. So I'm constantly looking to extract information from my environment so I can get more data points. So I can, ultimately, I want to be wise. To me, wisdom is the power to pull things out of my imagination and place them into reality. What I mean by that is when I imagine I want the world next week to look different than it looks today, I need some wisdom to know how I approach life, who I talk to, how I speak to them, what resources I put where, uh, what options I have so that I can move the world into my design. And so to me, wisdom is, is the most important thing. That's awesome. I think that was, I think, I think some, Famous guy said that in a book a long time ago. <laughs> Wisdom is the most important thing. Okay, so dare to discover. The next one is dare to excel. And the idea is this. In order to feel fully alive, you have to be on a path of excellence. How do you know you're on a path of excellence? Because a path of excellence has no finish line. It's not that you did a project or that you tried something for a while. It's that you're showing up every day to work on something, something. What, what do I mean by something? You're working on a discipline or a practice that you can challenge yourself, that you can run into, that you get better and better and better at. But also in that process, you refine yourself and you find out what you're really made of. And you can't really get that, really find out what you're made of in a few days or even a few weeks. This has got to be a lifelong deal. So for me, one of those things has been music. I pick up my guitar. I can relate to the, the nine-year-old self when I first picked up the guitar. And 
today, all these years later, as I practice scales, the rudiments, or as I try something new, like I've been working on finger picking this last couple of weeks, different styles. I know that I've gotten better and better and better over all of these years. And then I get excited that I could get infinitely better as long as I'm devoted to the practice. You can't understand what it means to be human until you get great at something because you don't understand greatness. So you can't appreciate a great opera singer unless you've dedicated 20 years to some similar path to express yourself into the world. You just can't enjoy the greatness of life unless you've ever tasted of greatness yourself. You, you just can't understand it. And so in order to have a rich, full, meaningful life, in order to be able to respect those that are great, you have to yourself be on a path towards greatness. This could be martial arts. The kid that shows up on the mat at six years old and shows up at the mat at 50 years old, still devoted to the practice, still humble enough to, to show up and to, to trust the process to learn. This could be music. This could be practical skills like public speaking to say for the rest of my life, I'm going to get better and better and better at public speaking. I'm going to get on a platform and get on a stage every opportunity I get. And I'm going to test myself against a live audience. I think of uh, some of my, my friends are comedians and they're funny people. They get on stage and they bomb because being funny and being a great comedian are different things. And then two years in, they realize, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then they go back to the mat. They show up at another open mic. Another, they get better and better. But over years and years and years of dedication to just keep showing up, eventually they get it and it clicks. And some of them have told me there's no way to get it until you get it. And the only way to get it is to keep showing up for a long, 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 long time. And so dare to excel is choosing a practice or a discipline that you're going to show up to every day for the rest of your life. And you're going to be damn good at that. You want to choose something, you got a shot at being great. Where maybe maybe it's something for just yourself, like a hobby. Or maybe it's something you're actually going to get paid for. Because the way the market works is people pay an extreme overprice for the best of the best. And so if you have a shot at being the best of the best at anything in life, you might want to take that shot. You might want to dare to excel. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, that's huge. Um I like to I like to say that you should chase a life of excellency and then everything else will come. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are chasing mm. things or or people like relationships or getting the girls yeah. or sleeping around or making money. It's like all that will come if you are chasing excellency. Everything else is like a side effect. Mm. So if you're living a life of excellency, you should be like the things we previously have been talking about and like say, well, what is excellency for me? Perhaps it is creating this, maybe uh, creating the, uh, music. You're an artist. You need to, you want to make an album mm-hmm. and you're creating albums and like, this is what you like. This is what you're good at. You're excellent at. I'm going to own it. And now you're you're everywhere. You're huge. You're on the radio. And so now you're having the money. You're getting, uh, if you can have any relationship you want with anyone. You can basically do what you're living the life you've always dreamed of. But 
if you're not chasing the excellency, you're not going to see that. And you should be dom- yeah. you should be dominant. You should be creative. You should be uh, dis- yeah. You should be discovering if you're chasing a life of excellence. I love it. Tying it in. Yeah. So yeah, it's huge. So what is excellence? One of the, one of the you? biggest. I- yeah. One of the the biggest ideas I've ever found is the power of compound interest investing. If we were to invest $20 a week for our whole lives, uh, we'd be a millionaire, not because 20 plus 20 plus 20 equals a million, but because 20 plus a little bit of interest added on plus the next 20 plus the interest from that 20 plus, because you keep adding interest and interest and interest. So snowballs, Mm. life snowballs, it compounds. Now the same principle same reason why you can get rich investing just a little bit of money every week if you're consistent with it is the same reason that you can become really great at something. Because if I put in 20 minutes of practice into guitar today and tomorrow and the next day, when I pick up the guitar tomorrow, I'm a little bit better version of a guitar player. And then the next day, a little bit better version, a little bit better version. And so it's like I'm taking a piece, I'm taking 20 minutes of my life today and that 20 minutes is going to show up tomorrow as a better guitar player. And so I'm actually collecting value day by day by day. I'm taking that with me into the future. And then that snowballs, that effect compounds. And then I get better exponentially over time. It's not just plus, 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 plus. Eventually it becomes a multiplication equation where I can get really, really good at something. Where people experience me playing the guitar and I, let's say I just play a great piece of music for, say, two minutes. Well, that two minutes actually represents thousands of hours of my life practice condensed into two minutes. And then now I have this two minutes in my back pocket called Stephen being awesome on the guitar. And I can pull out that two minutes and share it with anyone. And they experience thousands of hours, but in two minutes. So I have a very, very valuable two minutes that I carry around with me. I use guitar as an example, mm-hmm. but let's say you had some original ideas and you get on a platform and you practice speaking the first time you do okay, but you kind of bomb and the next time and the next time. And you do that a hundred or a thousand times. Then when you stand up that thousand and when one thousand in the first time, you have all of that compounded energy in you. So when people hear you speak, they don't hear two minutes. They feel the power of someone who's brought years and years into those two minutes. And that's how you move a room. That's how you affect people. And whatever the pathway that you choose towards excellence, like you think of a great jujitsu. I think you mentioned you do some jujitsu. A great jujitsu. When you, when you get on the mat and you roll with them, they've taken 10,000 hours and they're compacting that into the two minutes that it takes them to submit you. And it's like, it's like magic to you how dang good they are. It's like a superpower that they have because they've compressed. Now they got that, that two minutes in their back pocket called black belt jujitsu warrior, <laughs> however you want to say it. So how can you take a piece of life every day and pack it in so you carry it with you to the future? Pack it so you carry it. Pack it so you carry it. So when you show up in a room, you have some skills where you can take two minutes and you can magnif- you can put 10,000 hours into two minutes and you can blow people away. It's like magic 
to meet you in person. So that's what Dare to Excel is all about. Taking the value of day by day by day by day, compressing it down so you can just blow people out of the water. That's very, very true. And you're, whatever, whatever you do, if, you, if you're releasing a, a track on SoundCloud, if you're uh, mm-hmm. doing the Tough Man contest or you have a website or YouTube channel, the work speaks for itself. And you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. But if you do put in the work, like you said, every day, it will, you will be excellent at that for sure. Yeah. Mm. It takes a long time. I love it. It does. But the longer, the longer the journey, the greater the reward. Mm-hmm. And I think I already alluded to it, that once you get on a path towards excellence, you will be able to relate to anyone that's good at anything. You'll have a natural respect for them. And that's the respect that opens up people's gifts back towards you. Uh, maybe you're never going to be a great chef, but just being able to speak to a great chef and realize that they put in thousands of hours to create this meal that you're experiencing like magic, that allows you to relate to them and to appreciate them for the excellence that they've created rather than competing and thinking, oh, I could do that. I could do that. But could you? Could you really be a black belt? Do you really have the 10,000 hours in you? Have you tested yourself? Have you disciplined yourself over years and years and years and years? And until you have, I don't really want to hear from you. I just want... I just want to be around people that are dedicated to being the best that can be at something so that I can enjoy the, the fruits of their, of their labor, whatever they're creating. And then they can appreciate it and enjoy mine. So dare to excel. Uh, before we move on. Uh, the last one is, is, I want to say something. Yeah, go ahead. A black belt is just a white belt that shows up every day. So, yeah. I love that line. Yeah. That, that's, that's, uh, did you just make that up? No, that was in, that was on the wall. <laughs> okay, love it. A black belt is just a white belt who showed up every day. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love it. Okay, the last one is super important. It's there to serve. I kind of think of the, uh, there, there's kind of bookends on the seven. So the first one was there to align. Every day you're aligning yourself, making sure you're in the right place, doing the right stuff with your life. And then the last one, it kind of tempers all of them. It kind of, it judges all of the others is dare to serve. And here's the idea. The measure of a life is the amount of service that it provides to humanity. And so if you want to be great, you think of yourself as a servant. Who can I help? What problems can I solve? How can I support? How can I lift? How can I inspire? How can I be of service to the people around me? And a couple of benefits. Number one, people like being around people that are looking to support and help them. And so you have a lot of open doors. If you just take the pathway of the servant, you show up and say, how can I help right now? What can I do to help? So you're going to have a lot of friends. You're going to be welcomed in almost any room. People are going to go, oh, this is him. He's always here to give back and to serve. And then the other thing, the other great benefit is that Becoming a servant, it really has a lot to do with uh, business, with making money. 
when I walk into a room and I think, oh, what problems are here? How could I solve them? That's a very profitable mindset. And so I get to connect with a lot of people because I have a heart of a servant. I endeavor to anyways, have a heart of a servant. And I get to make some money because I'm constantly solving problems and hooking people up and fixing things. And so people want me around and then eventually they want to give me, they want to pay me to stay around. So dare to serve. And then long, long, big picture, long, long term, I think we could ask ourselves, what will be my legacy? Will my life be a net positive for humanity where I contributed and gave more? Or will I make a withdrawal on humanity? Will the human race be poorer because I was on the planet? And obviously, we want the answer to be exponential, uh, just giving and giving and giving, creating so tremendous, so much value that it goes on and lives on and, and forever. Time. I want to leave a legacy with my life of service. So that's the last, the, the, the final one, the bookend that closes it out. Uh, yeah, I think serving is super important, especially when you're trying to move up in your field. I did this with composing music mm-hmm. for, for films. I would try to, uh, any film I watch, I would, here's, here's a little a, uh, trade secret of mine. Any movie I watched and I really liked the music and, and the movie, of course, yeah. I, when, it, when the credits, credits roll, I look in the music department, I look in the, the directors, I look at stagehands or like anyone in there and try to find a contact. And mm. I, would, I would try to contact them and let them know, not just like, hey, uh, do you got any uh, jobs? You, you can't do that. You can't walk into, uh, well, you can walk down the street at McDonald's and ask if they're hiring. But if you want to do something that is yeah. great you want to serve. So how can you find a way Mm -hmm. to help them out? So if you can find a way to help them out, then they can maybe ask you what you do. Like they get to know you and then you have this connection, this relationship. Oh, so what do you do by the way? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, you talk about your day and everything, what you do. And then you bring up that you do music and like, Oh, well, let me go check it out. And all of a sudden, maybe you have a window. Depending on how many people you yeah. connect with, usually more people, the better the the chance. But yeah, how do you serve instead of taking? So you kind of have to give mm-hmm. to take. But if you give, most likely you're going to have something in return. Yeah, and... I have to be careful. I don't put myself up as the example of how to do this right. But generally in life, when I have deposited more into a relationship than I've withdrawn, when I've deposited more into a business or a client than I've withdrawn, it just it works great. Yeah. So a very simple question to ask myself at any moment is, am I giving more than I'm taking? Am I creating value? And it's not just a tit for tat. They do something for me. I do something for them. Right. It's that we find the synergy where when working together, we created a bigger pie and then we're splitting up that pie between us. And so we get true win-win scenarios of giving and giving and no one's really taking because we're creating and we're enjoying the fruits of the harvest. 
So right, that's important. I love your thinking. It's important because right, right on. Even down to small things like doing things because you want to, not to get something in return. Even as simple as mm-hmm. holding open the door for someone, and they don't say thank you, you should not be angry because then you're just doing yeah. it for validation, entitlement. So you should be doing things because sure. that is the life you live and that's because you want to do it. So you serve because you want to serve. Yeah. Well, I love it, Brian. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for making the time. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Do you have anything you'd like to plug or also how can people contact you or look into more of your work? Where can they find you? Uh, so on all the social platforms, I'm the seven dares. So T H E numeral seven dares, D A R E S the seven dares. So look me up on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you, you go. And then <clears throat> I kind of have a, a parting thought for people, like a challenge I, I like to put out. And uh, I just challenge people to live a daring life. That to get out there to the edge, a place where you could fail, a place where you are taking some risk, and think about each of these seven and are you living on the edge? So in connection, are you having the difficult conversation that you know you need to have with someone significant in your life? And if not, why not today? Dare to connect. In your creativity, if there's a project that you've told yourself, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna do that. It's going to be my greatest work whenever I get around to it. I'm going to do that. But you've never had the confidence to just take the risk and put it out. Why not today? Dare to create something today. Dare to discover. Dare to dominate. If your world is out of order, whatever that comes up when you think, oh, what's, what's out of order? Dare to put your life in order today. Dare to excel at something. Dare to serve. So I think of this as a challenge to get out to the edge of life and do the big things, the daring, the bold things. Even if they're small, the daring, the bold thing, the, the significant things. And why not today? Why not be courageous? Have a burst of courage today and just go do it. Love it. I have one final question. What is something you've learned from someone else that has impacted your life? Excuse me. So many things. Um, I'm thinking of a lot of of, uh, speakers that really refined my thinking early on. I was thinking about Zig Ziglar today, who uh, he's passed a couple years back, but I got to meet him and spend some time with him. One of the things he would often say is, you can have anything in life if you help enough other people get what they want in life. And so I've been thinking about that. What do I want? And then what will be the price of that 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 I'll have to create? in order to enjoy that life. So I think I'll, I'll leave that parting note from Zig. If you, you can have anything you want. There's no limits in life. You just have to help enough other people get what they want out of life.